Welcome. You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Hi there, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Clear Creek County News. My name is Megan Heiler. First, we're going to start with a few articles from the Clear Creek Current. This first one is by Chris Cobral, and it's called Patsy McGinty Takes Over as U.S. Forest Service Clear Creek District Ranger. In a homecoming of sorts, Patsy McKinty comes back to Colorado to manage the Arapaho National Forest Clear Creek Ranger District in Idaho Springs. McKinty, who grew up in Colorado, comes to the USDA Forest Service following a career in landscape, architecture, collaborative, multi-jurisdictional planning, and over 25 years in public land management at both federal and municipal levels. Her career took her across the country, including time at the federal level living in Washington, D.C. McEntee brings the, this experience and a master's degree in landscape architecture to Clear Creek County. The job comes with a great office, she says. I get to go out into the field, be with my staff as much as possible, going to see the improvements that are made to the forest from the fire mitigation and the fuel reduction efforts that we're doing, seeing collaborative community projects that we're doing, she said. McEntee met with the Clear Creek County Board of County Commissioners on February 6th to answer questions and outline a direction forward. Commissioner Randy Wheelock said in his first question, are you permanent? Yes, McEntee said. The answer seemed to appease the commissioners who noted what Wheelock called a revolving door of rangers in the Arapaho National Forest. After years of what McEntee referred to as a high-level planning and national-level planning, you get the feeling that she's ready to get her hands dirty again. This is really where the work happens. You make all of those decisions at the high level and provide that direction, but you have to keep going back and forth to understand, is this working at a site level? And then thinking about what else we will be doing at the policy level to make that easier, she said. Wildfire crisis strategy and recreation are at the top of McKenzie's do list, although she is just starting as a ranger. Priorities, she said, focus on the three critical components of the job, community, forest health, and leadership. Patsy's experience in planning and partnerships will enhance our ongoing efforts in the Clear Creek Ranger District and complement the skills that we have on the forest and grassland leadership team, said Forest Supervisor Monte Williams. McKenzie will be leading a staff of 20 resource specialists who help manage everything from recreation to environmental planning. The Clear Creek Ranger District encompasses approximately 200,000 acres of national forest land along the I-70 corridor from the foothills of the Continental Divide, including eight campgrounds, multiple 14ers, popular mountain bike trails, two wilderness areas, hiking trails, Mount Blue Sky Recreation Area, and the Loveland Ski Area. It's going to be nice working in my own backyard, McKenzie said. All right, sticking with the current, we've got why is a massive two-blade military helicopter flying low and slow over Idaho Springs? This is from a little bit over a week ago. So if you guys heard this in Idaho Springs, this is what that's from. Um, this is also by Chris Cobral. Many Idaho Springs residents noticed a massive two-blade military helicopter flying over the city on February 1st and two earth-shaking blasts from the Edgar Experimental Mine on that same day. The Army National Guard confirmed to the Clear Creek Current that the CH-47 Chinooks were conducting training exercises while landing at the Edgar Mine in Idaho Springs, according to the National Guard Community Support Liaison Joseph Venita. Benita declined to answer specific questions about the training flights or if they were all related to two explosive detonations at the mine at approximately noon. Due to operational security, we are unable to release the specific details about the training, he said. Edgar Mine Representative Clint Daddle confirmed that the two detonations heard around February 
or around Idaho Springs on February 1st were tests designed as training. However, Daddle would not elaborate on any connection between the blast and the CH-47 Chinooks. Idaho Springs Police and the Clear Creek County Emergency Dispatch were notified about the CH-47 flights, but the Army National Guard simply addressed them as training flights, according to police. All right, this next one is titled, New Line Skate Park Selected to Build World-Class Skate Park in Idaho Springs, also by Chris Cobral. On one side of the conference table at a recent meeting about Idaho Springs Skate Park, there were three professional architects and engineers with decades of experience building skate parks representing New Line Skate Parks. On the other side was the general manager of the Clear Creek Recreation District, city planners, and members of the Idaho Springs Skate Board. The discussion was which contractor out of the last five applicants would be selected to, to design and build an 18,000 square foot skate park with a budget of $1.17 million. This was the final of two interviews before CCMRD officially chose New Line as the contractor for the project. Pointed and directed questions about the budget, construction plans, counter agencies, and the challenges of building in the constant freeze thaw cycles of the mountains were put to the applicant contractors. To put this into context, Aiden Mellon represents the Idaho Springs Skateboard during the interview to select which contractor would design and build the million-dollar project. Toward the end of the interview, Mellon mentioned that he was glad it was wrapping up because he had to get back to class. Mellon is in high school. It simply shows the power of a dedicated group of skateboard kids who uh, years ago decided to band together to try and make a difference in their community. One day we were all skating on the street and we were like, there's nowhere for us to go. We need to do something more. And so we just tried dedicating ourselves to getting a skate park, Mellon said after the meeting. The skateboard found its catalyst when CCMRD general manager and Idaho Springs native Cameron Marlin came on board. Growing up in Clear Creek, we were kind of used to the mountain kid stuff where we didn't have nice things. And it's like, we deserve to have nice things, Marlin said. How can this skate park have a long-term effect on the youth that grew up here and in the future? Let's propel them into excellence. How can a skate park do that? The answer seems to be in the hands of New Line Skate Parks based out of Florida, California, and Canada. The three representatives of New Line at the January 25th meeting are all current and former professional skateboarders, now educated as engineers and architects. They have turned visions of passion for the sport into existing skate parks across the nation, according to Vice President Trevor Morgan. We get the privilege to bring these visions of the community to a life in a way that's going to be there for 30 plus years, and we still skate these parks ourselves, Morgan said. So there's a personal satisfaction for us being able to help guide a community and bring their desires to a place that brings people together so they can recreate and socialize. Moving forward with the project will emerge in several planning and design stages and decisions provided by New Line, but approved by the Skateboard, CCMRD, and the City of Idaho Springs planners. It's an ambitious schedule. CCMRD hopes to break ground on the project at the ball fields this summer, according to Marlin. The skate park is to be designed for beginner, intermediate, and expert skateboarders with a unique and alluring appeal of the local community and heritage, according to the original request for proposal language from CCMRD. Community is the constant phrase used to de describe the skate park project from the developments to CCMRD to the skateboard. After all, it's what matters here in Clear Creek County. I hope it brings more community, Mellon said. I feel like a skate park has a great way of doing that. Anybody can skate and you can become friends with anybody. doesn't matter who you are. All right, still sticking with The Current. This one is also by Chris Cobral, and this one is titled Ice Racing on Frozen Georgetown Lake is a Family Affair. Lindsay Johansson has been attending ice racing events since before she was born. Her mother, Anita Bashline, was on the ice racing competitively while pregnant, along with her father, Lee. 
Fast forward to 2024 and Johansson, now married, is back on the ice, racing through the snow and the wind with two children of her own, four-year-old Harrison and one-year-old Jack. Three generations were on the ice racing cars and Jeeps specifically designed for running a circular track covered in ice and snow at our recent at a recent Our Gang ice racing event on Georgetown Lake. Our Gang is a group of four-wheel enthusiasts who have been racing on the ice for 48 years, according to the group's website. The races run weekends from January to early March, as weather allows. Even the Jeep Johansson was racing on January 27th stays in the family with a few modifications. This Jeep has evolved over many, many years, she said. I bought it from my parents back in 2009, and my husband has rebuilt it a few different times. Georgetown Lake was packed with these cars and these Jeeps with studded tires, car carriers, and trailers as dozens of veteran and first-time racers tried to navigate a tight circle accelerating and drifting across the ice that is now several feet thick. The sound of grumbling engines that once accelerated and screamed with revolutions, forcing tachometers beyond the red line, increased the palpable excitement for a crowd that stood just several dozen feet away. It's something that we started with friends and when the kids were little and we brought them up here to the races, Anita Bashline said. It's the 47th year Bashline said that she and her husband have competed in ice racing. It's also the 47th year our gang four-wheelers has brought veterans and novices to the ice to compete, socialize, and catch up with longtime friends. To compete, racers pay a small fee to help offset the cost for the club attending and watching these vehicles dart from the start line and spray snow and ice several feet into the air as they drift around corners has been and is free. Weekly race championships are coveted by racers and posted by our gang four-wheelers. It may not be surprising that both Anita and Lee Bashline are at the top of the pack in both the men's and the women's race results for this year. The races are typically held weather dependent on Saturdays and Sundays on Georgetown Lake. The current schedule runs through March. All right, moving on to an article from the Denver Post. This one is titled, 13 Hospitalized in Idaho Springs Crash. And this is by Jacob Factor and Katie Langford. A head-on crash on an overpass in Idaho Springs sent 13 people to the hospital Thursday afternoon, Idaho Springs Police Chief Nate Busick said in a news release. All but one of these people were in a single vehicle and were Iraqi immigrants staying at the community center in the Denver area. Idaho Springs officers responded at about 12.15 p.m. to the overpass of Colorado Boulevard at Interstate 70 to reports of a crash back on January 25th. The driver of a black Mercedes Sprinter van traveling east on the overpass crossed the double yellow lane and entered into the west lane, striking a Toyota 4Runner head-on, according to the news release. The Colorado Boulevard Institute Interstate 70 ramps were closed after the crash but have since been reopened. There were 13 people, including the driver in the van, which the news release states is owned by a second home adult community care center and adult daycare center. The 12 people from the van and the driver of the Toyota were all taken to hospitals. St. Anthony Hospital in Lakewood received 10 of those patients. Hospital spokesperson Brianna DiPilato told the Denver Post over the phone, and all of those patients were in stable condition. Three patients were taken to the Lutheran Medical Center, Busick said. The condition of those three patients was not available on Thursday night. Idaho Springs police did not know the conditions of the Toyota driver or the van occupants. The driver of the van was cited for careless driving, resulting in an injury, according to the news release, though there is no indication of impaired driving. All right, these next articles are from the Weekly Register Call. This first one is AFS Quarries Sold to Martin Marietta. This is by Don Ireland. The Albert Fry and Sons Walsham Quarry has been sold to the national building materials giant Martin Marietta Materials, Inc., 
Martin Marietta, listed as MLM on the New York Stock Exchange, said that the sale of the Albert Fry and Sons AFS closed this month. This family-owned business has been or has provided aggregate and rock materials for more than 60 years to the Colorado customers. The transaction amount wasn't disclosed. Albert Fry Jr., president of AFS, couldn't be reached for comment yesterday by the Weekly Register call. AFS was the newspaper's business of the year in 2022 because of its philanthropic activities in Gilpin and Clear Creek counties. Ward Nye, chairman, president, and CEO of Martin Marietta said, quote, we are delighted to announce the acquisition of AFS and welcome such a talented team to our company. The acquisition, consistent with our strategic plan, enhances our aggregate platform in the high growth Denver metropolitan area and strengthens our ability to deliver significant value for shareholders and customers. We expect this transaction to be immediately accretive to earnings, margins, and cash flow as we redeploy proceeds from prior divestitures. Martin Marietta, a U.S.-based supplier of building materials, included aggregates, cement, ready-mixed concrete, and asphalt, operates in 28 states, Canada, and the Bahamas. The company is a spec ag quarry and an asphalt plant on West Colfax Avenue in Golden, with over a dozen operations throughout the Front Range. While the majority of Fry's Wallstrom Quarry was in Clear Creek County, part of the operation and hundreds of additional acres are located along the southernmost boundary of Gilpin County. Central City and the Fry family have a business connection that spanned several decades. The city leased some of its water rights in Clear Creek to AFS, which it used to clean rocks and trucks within the operation. A 10-year agreement between Central City and AFS enabled the quarry to purchase up to a 21-acre feet of water, 39.25 million, million gallons annually for 3,000 acres. Per acre foot. The city expects to receive $360,000 for the water in 2023. I don't anticipate that anything is changing there, said Central City Mayor Jeremy Fay. What will change for me is the personal relationship. I really got to know Al and really enjoyed working with him over the past several years. I'm sure Martin Marietta has a great staff that handles public relations. However, that's a business, not a neighbor. I look forward to meeting the company's liaison with the city. I'm looking forward to a strong multi generational relationship. Al Fry Jr. has been involved in local activities for years. His company operated a touch-a-truck event every two years near the quarry. The free event was attended by thousands of families and children who got to climb aboard giant bulldozers and trucks used every day by the quarry. The events hosted booths for local nonprofit booths and businesses and a children's petting zoo, among other attractions. Fry Jr. was involved with several Idaho Springs organizations and participated in the town's annual burrow races other and other rotary activities. His company donated aggregate to help build the new Clear Creek High School football field and the Christ the King Community Church in mid-Gilpin County. AFS also released part of its quarry property to Gilpin County and other local governmental jurisdictions as a gun range for local law enforcement officers. The company's property included several thousand acres of undeveloped land east of the quarry to Highway 119 near Blackhawk. In addition to the Fry Wallstrom Quarry located along Highway 6 in Idaho Springs near the bottom of Floyd Hill along I-70, AFS also operated quarries near I-76 in Commerce City, where the company was founded in 1962 by Albert Fry, who passed along the business to his sons. Economic Development Group Host Forum. This is by Don Ireland, and this is still the Weekly Register call. 
What is the current state of the economies in Gilpin and Clear Creek counties, and what does the future hold? Those and related topics will be discussed by more than 100 local business owners and elected leaders next week when the Clear Creek Economic Development Council hosts its first Rural Resilience Meeting. The reservations required event will be held from 5.30 to 8 p.m. on Thursday, February 8th at the Club Hotel, 1601 Colorado Boulevard in Idaho Springs. A Friday breakfast meeting will give local elected leaders the opportunity to discuss some of the information that they learned from from the previous evening, according to CCEDC President Lindsay Valdez. This event will inform stakeholders of the economic state of both Clear Creek and Gilpin counties, inspire economic vitality, and celebrate community successes. Your input is invaluable as we gather together to think about our future. Based on the evening's presentations, you will have an opportunity to send a valentine to your elected leadership, highlighting your top priorities and recommendations. Please join us for an informative and fun evening with friends and colleagues as we consider the next phases of economic development in the Clear Creek and Gilpin counties. The February 8th event will include presentations from a variety of speakers. Economist Greg Totten of the Colorado Demography Office will discuss demographic trends in Clear Creek and Gippon counties. Nathan Perry, professor of economics from the Mesa State University, We'll follow that with his discussion, State of the Economy in Clear Creek and Gilpin. Resilience and diversification in Gilpin County will be handled by Gilpin County Manager Ray Rears, along with Jason Godfrey and Ryan Englund of Better City, a consulting firm that conducted a months-long study of Gilpin County. The final presentation, Resilience and Diversification in Clear Creek County, will be given by Clear Creek County Manager Brian Bosshart, Willie Wilkins of Colorado State University, and Bill Schuster, clinical professor at CSU's College of Business. There will be time for networking and question and answering as well, said Valdez, who emphasized economic diversification is vital in both neighboring counties. She noted that when the COVID pandemic struck, it greatly impacted Gilpin because of casinos, the primary source of local municipalities' revenues, and they were forced to close. Clear Creek, which relies heavily on its tourism because of its location along I-70, also is exploring ways to diversify its local economy. The next morning following the seminar, a breakfast forum will be held for local leaders to discuss the information presented at the previous meeting. Valdez said the meeting will be open to the public if they have made reservations in advance. Flo Raziano, Director of Partnership Development and Innovation for the Denver Regional Council of Governments, will facilitate the Friday session. Participates will discuss the local SOAR assessment, which stands for Strengths, Opportunities, Aspirations, and Results, during that morning event. RSVPs were due by Saturday, February 3rd for the event by emailing president at clearcreekedc.org. The event is being sponsored by Climax Molybdenum's Henderson Mine and Freeport McMoran's company. While the Clear Creek Economic Development Council began in Idaho Springs area, it has continued to expand into Gilpin County, Blackhawk, and Central City during the past two years. Last year, Rears accepted a role as CCEDC's board of directors for the organization, which offers small loans to businesses. Rear said that CCEDC's mission is to catalyze a diverse and thriving business community that expands and stabilizes the workforce and tax base and supports partnerships with its passionate place makers. All right, last article here from the weekly register call. This one is titled, No Major Construction Planned Along Floyd Hill This Week. 
CDOT reported that no major construction-related closings are slated for this week along the I-70 Floyd Hill project. However, I-70 travelers should be aware that narrower lanes and shoulders continue to be in the $700 million project work zone in the vicinity of Floyd Hill. The Transportation Department recommends that motorists follow posted speed limits and don't drive distracted. Slowing down and allowing extra space between the vehicle ahead of you is advised. Previously, CDOT announced it would delay the additional rock blasting work along Floyd Hill Corridor until sometime in February. Nearby construction crews are continuing work along Highway 40 near the Floyd Hill-Beaverbrook interchange and the highway's junction with County Road 65. New roundabouts are being built in both areas, which are on the north side of I-70. Here's some winter driving tips. CDOT has offered the following tips for motorists. Know before you go by checking out the latest weather conditions and visiting cotrip.org, that's cotrip.org, for road conditions. Make sure your vehicle is winter ready with the appropriate tires for the weather, windshield, wiper fluid, and snow emergency kit. Once you're out on the road, take it slow and leave plenty of following distance. Give plows space. Stay back three to four car lengths from snow plows. Use Bustang, Pegasus, or Snowstang to visit ski resorts and mountain towns along the I-70 corridor. Visit RideBustang.com for more information. Change your peak travel time. Visit GoI70.com slash travel for a weekend travel forecast to help you plan your trip. Highway 6 restrictions. Along Clear Creek Canyon, Highway 6, single lane closures are planned for the coming week from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. between mile points 267 and 271.5. The planned restrictions, rather, are part of the ongoing Peaks to Plain Hudson Gulch Trail project that began last year in Jefferson County between Highway 119 and Golden. Morning sun glare closures, depending on the weather, CDOT said motorists can continue to anticipate the occasional eastbound closures of the I-70 at Floyd Hill because of the morning sun glare. The closures typically last about an hour and occur anytime between 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. daily through February. The closures also dependent on weather. The closures will occur between U.S. 6, exit 244, and Beaverbrook, exit 248. Traffic on eastbound I-70 will be rerouted on Highway 6. Drivers can opt to follow Highway 6 through Clear Creek Canyon to Golden or return to eastbound I-70 at Beaver Brook. Truck drivers can expect height restrictions in the tunnels along the Clear Creek Canyon. Vehicles over 12 feet and 7 inches are not permitted to take the Highway 6 tunnel route. Advanced notifications will be posted on electronic signboards beginning east of the Eisenhower-Johnson Memorial Tunnels regarding morning closings. Mountain tunnel work delayed. Projects in the Eisenhower-Johnston Tunnels on I-70 between Loveland Pass and Dillon will continue to be on hold for the next two weeks, the CDOT spokesperson reported. This will prevent full closures or alternate traffic during the present. An updated schedule is expected to be announced soon. When work resumes late in this month or in February, there will be overnight full bore closures in one travel direction only Sunday through Thursday nights from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Both directions of I-70 traffic will be held at the entrance of the tunnel for about 20 minutes, while one direction of the travel at a time is escorted through the tunnel. Projects between Floyd Hill and Denver. Meanwhile, two other CDOT projects between C-470 and Floyd Hill are ongoing. A wildlife underpass area has been ongoing for months near the top of Genesee Hill. On unannounced days, the left lane heading westbound is closed to accommodate the work. Motorists should read the orange construction signs heading up I-70 from Morrison to learn if, they, if the work will impact the, travel, the traffic flow. 
The other projects includes rebuilding the eastbound emergency truck escape ramp between Mount Vernon Road, exit 256, and the Morrison exit, which is exit 259. There will be no overnight double lane closures on eastbound I-70 in the vicinity. The emergency ramp has been closed for weeks. All right, that does it for this week's episode of the Clear Creek County News. My name is Megan Heiler, and I hope you have a great week. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777.